Hey, Mason, I really need a good gift for my generic loved one. Any ideas? Oh, yeah, Andrew. I have the gift they need. If you sign up for GoDaddy's Economy Blogcast Package, you'll receive 1 gig of disk space, 100 gigs of bandwidth, recording tools, and much more. Whoa, with all those features, I'd guess that kind of package will run me at least $20 a month and be plastered with ads. You're wrong, Andrew. The Blogcast Economy Package is just $4.49 a month for 12 months. That's a deal and a perfect way to get your own website, blog, or podcast started. Ooh, yeah, that is a deal. Plus... Enter code Muggle when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. This week's podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to AudiblePodcast.com slash MuggleCast today for details. This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you all to MuggleCast, hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce MuggleCast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you have to admit last week, some of you got punked. This is MuggleCast, episode 140, for April 5th. 2008. All right, well, uh, I think we fooled a lot of people last week with uh, the April Fool's joke. <laughs> April Fool's everyone. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> See, here's the other thing. Then once I leave the show, which is a, it's very tragic for some people, they can't stand not having the Andrew Sims on the show. I thought it was fun, Matt, didn't you? Yeah, I had a blast. Was, uh, I thought it was perfect. Me too. I thought it was an amazing That's great, show. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All you guys do is you make fun of me. Why Why do I get made fun of every time I leave? Because you're a glorious leader. It turns... It turns into a mock well, Andrew. It's like what fest. everyone does when the boss it. is out of the office. We, everyone makes fun of them. Yeah. See, you know. yes. Yeah. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, Andrew. Dang. Yeah. And dang, man, yeah, that was a huge, flattering compliment too. It was. Yeah. Right. But our April Fool's joke uh, scared a lot of people. We got a lot of emails from people saying, "Oh my gosh, no, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. Stop." And then some people really enjoyed. Very, really welcomed the idea. He said, you know what? This could work. A lot of people prided themselves for calling on it, too, which I thought was pretty funny. Well, I mean, everyone everyone knew it was a joke, and so they kept emailing, ha ha, you guys didn't fool me. I knew oh, right, it was a right. <laughs> I thought that. <laughs> what annoyed me was some people were like, I'm 100% sure this is a joke. You're not 100% sure. I mean, <laughs> Otherwise, you're not us. emailing us. Right. I didn't to, understand. To tell that. us that, you know. Anyway, we got a big show to get to. We're going to hit up a couple chapters from chapter by chapter and uh, uh, things. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Mike Tannebaum. And I'm Matthew Britton.
Micah Tannenbaum's in the MuggleCast News Center with past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Hey, Micah. All right, thanks, Andrew. The London Times reported earlier this week that writing by Anthony Horowitz, Philip Pullman, and J.K. Rowling will appear in the birthday book to be published by the Prince's Foundation for Children and the Arts to mark the Prince of Wales' 60th birthday. We will let you know as soon as we have more information. The Ministry of Magic released a statement earlier this week condemning the acts of ex-Minister for Magic Cornelius Fudge. Mr. Fudge initially had a tracker placed on him after it was found he was moving massive amounts of galleons from a high-security vault in Gringotts to a private account in the Cayman Islands. It's been discovered that Mr. Fudge used the money to pay for special services he received in both the Leaky Cauldron and the Three Broomsticks from a wild band of velas. While the representatives from Azkaban did not allow comment from the ex-politician, former aide to the minister Percival Weasley had this to say, Oh, I thought he just liked getting out of the ministry from time to time. Fudge is best known for his stupidity in not believing in the return of Lord Voldemort. Earlier this year, J.K. Rowling was awarded by University College Dublin with the James Joyce Award. On accepting the award, Joe spoke to hundreds of fans, and a full transcript is available on BuggleNet.com. In it, she talks about how Snape and Dumbledore were the two most important characters in the series, aside from the trio. And after years of tending the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, everyone's favorite half-giant is making a name for himself on television. Are You Smarter Than Rubius Hagrid airs every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Host Jeff Foxworthy said the show is a great success and is nearing the viewership of hit reality TV show American Idol. While the contestants tend to outwit Hagrid on the question and answer section, the hands-on portion of the show, where they are asked to tame a blast-ended scrut, usually show that Rubius ain't as dumb as he looks. And finally, the younger brother of world-renowned wizard Albus Dumbledore was arrested earlier this week outside the Hogshead for his involvement in an underground illegal goat trafficking ring. Madame Rosemerta noticed an alarming number of goats walking limply around Hogsmeade one afternoon and decided to alert the Ministry. It was later discovered that the goats who failed to show Aberforth considerable attention were fated to enter an outside pen, which served as a holding area, until they were taken underground at night and had various charms performed on them. The Ministry seized what looked to be plans for an underground goat-fighting league. A rather irritated Aberforth said it was his way of showing them tough love, and the animal spoke to him in a way humans never could. That's all the news for this April 5th, 2008 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thanks, Micah. Right. You're welcome, man. So uh, besides the uh, like 10 April Fool's, Fool's Post, dude, that you came up you came up with most of those. Uh, round of applause for Micah Tanbaum. Micah Tan. Micah Tan, the anchorman. What were you going to say, Jamie? I was going to say, you have a fascination with goats that comes over and above the normal, uh, <laughs> normal fascination with goats that most people yeah. have. Is there a reason for this? A small... Something happened as a child, perhaps, or no comment. Okay. <laughs> Micah was raised by goats. All right. So uh, one of the stories to talk about tonight, uh, MTVU did a story on intercollegiate Quidditch, and what it is is these colleges versing each other, playing Quidditch on the ground. They all have a broom. They're all holding onto the broom. They have to they have to pretend like they're sitting on it, and they're running around the field. And it's been getting a lot of press lately. Uh, it was on CBS Morning News. 
of course, MTVU had a really good spot on it. What do you guys think of this? Did you did you see the reports on this? And do you think it, it could be like a growing trend? Because like MTVU did a story of Princeton versus, um, what, what, what was the other story? Oh, I know Middlebury started it all. Yeah, that that was it. Princeton versus That's Middlebury. Really cool. It's not going to take off. Is this off, like a though, growing trend? Is this going to be the next? It's not going to take well, off. Well, <laughs> like it's no, it's it's you know, you it's, it's not so? going to take off unless they get jet propelled. Uh, well, sort of I, well, yeah. Oh. I, mean, I was going to say when surely levitation is going to happen in the future. It's just going to be a technology that we haven't discovered yet. And when it does, there's going to be some Harry Potter fan who's a professor of aviation or something at some leading university mm, developing the anti-gravitational and he's going uh, to put it into broomsticks and stuff yeah and th- then we'll see it but it just seems like a fake ripoff at the moment doing it on the ground oh no 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 no, no not at all have you ever played land quidditch it's, no, it's fun i'm not likely to it's, either um oh you know jamie <laughs> uh well i mean i i was uh we met up when i was on uh harry potter fan trips but the uh the very next day, I think, we went to Royal Navy College in Greenwich, and uh, Beyond Boundaries Travel running the trip had gotten the USA Team Handball Association to literally write rules that is pretty for cool. ground That Quidditch. is pretty cool. Yeah. And so they had guys who actually, you know, who actually run these sports uh, come up with the, uh, you know, the size, distance of the hoops, all sorts of things. And we developed land quidditch uh, f- for Harry Potter fan trips. And, uh, you know, we played water quidditch at Lumos. You could guys remember that yeah that was pretty well, fun wasn't okay, it but, yeah, but, it's, but the question is yeah it was fun so i mean i don't know if it's catching but land quidditch happens to be a very fun sport to play um you know but so the thing is it could this be i just want to know if this is yes. going to be a growing trend because I all of a sudden will. there's all this press for it yes micah talk micah um, tell me micah and, and here's the reason why you already have at least eight schools that have picked this thing up because it said that middlebury Big was schools. traveling to eight different schools during their spring break so one would assume that more than eight schools are doing it and i think it, it, it'll probably become at least at first more of a club sport and a lot of schools will start to gather the funds necessary to have these teams travel i mean i don't know kind of behind the scenes how they raised money to go from one place to the other but one would think that over time it's going to grow it's going to catch on if people continue to do it um and people so people will yeah. be fundraising to get their team to go to, and there'll be like the. Uh, well, well, Micah, you work for Arena Football, don't you? I mean, will there be like Arena Quidditch? Do you oh, think? come on! No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, well, this is okay, it's, it's I, a fair I question. Think WB I mean, would have something to say about that. Arena Land Quidditch. I, I think seriously, I think Joe, Joe should secure the rights to USA Team Handball or whoever wants to run an Arena Quidditch. There's no like, way that's going to so... take off in a million years. Well, you know what's going to happen is because all the school children. Then, what do you want to be when you? I want to be an Astronaut. You know, I want to be an athlete. athlete. I want to be a firefighter. <laughs> I want to be all the things that my grandfather's wants to be. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a land quidditch player because that's the only. It will be the only sport without drugs involved. ESPN though did an article. I think we posted on MuggleNet maybe about a year or so ago on Quidditch. So it, it, I don't see why. I mean, look, I can list a number of things on ESPN that you could say. Why do they have this on their? Uh, programming i mean darts bowling you know you were talking about a a handball league uh eric earlier kick there's like a world Mm -hmm. kickball association a word world dodge dodgeball association well lacrosse is a little bit higher up i think but you know it is you just think about all these things that nobody would actually consider to be sports 20 years ago and now they've just come on strong and it's like like Olympic uh, level crunching. 
I think that's. I think you yeah, make you a good point. If you it take the game and yeah. change it to be a little bit more TV worthy, yeah, yeah. In the sense, you don't have some guy running around the field with you know a, a snitch the attached snitch to him or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. If, if you just make it a little bit more engaging for people and you know kind of change the rules around a little bit, it won't be classical Quidditch as we know it from the Harry Potter series, but it'll be a form of it. I mean, I'm sure that eventually you know it'll it'll take off this was bringing out audiences I, if you look on the mtv report there were big crowds coming out i mean it's a it's a good sell you know oh come watch us play quidditch it's in harry potter guys yeah come watch us play it's so it's definitely got the press moving on to some other news jk rowling won a james joyce award back i guess what was this micah like last week or something or last month well now it would be last month yeah recently yeah yeah recently <laughs> fair point and um the transcript from her acceptance was released and she had a couple of interesting things to say about the books uh, a couple of them i thought we could talk about for one she said she'd like to go back and tighten up order of the phoenix tighten that big thing up it ceases to I be order of the phoenix when she changes it though do you know what i mean it, it would have to be it really order does part two. yeah you can't just i mean obviously it's up to her but i just don't think you can go back and add to it or take stuff away because then it's just version 2 version 2.1 you know it's not how she originally wrote Harry Potter right right with you, yeah I don't understand that because I thought the thing used to be that she didn't like Goblet of Fire she always wishes she went back yeah to because she Goblet was rushed she felt rushed on she that. said that about all of them though or like right. most of them yeah and then she said she felt rushed for Order of the Phoenix too so oh no she didn't she took her time on Order of the Phoenix Oh, but do you mean now she said no that she, she didn't she just what well, she just said uh, in this interview she said that um she felt pressure and a bit rushed, so she wants to go back and, and well, that, tighten that's, it up. That's a bit strange, really, but um, it is surprising. Yeah, yeah it goes back on what she. I mean, said all I know past, is I that the first three books had all come out, you know, a year apart or whatever, and then book four did the same, except you know, after that, she said never again, and they made the first two movies before another book came out because book four was significantly longer, and she had to do it in the same amount of time. So. Mikey, you'll appreciate this. One other thing she said was one of the big challenges was not being able to apparate in and out of Hogwarts. And she said, I was quite proud of Aberforth. Again, the tunnel. I like Aberforth and his goat. I was... You like Aberforth and his goat, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this, I think this is just further proof of the connection that exists between me and J.K. Rowling. It's true. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Because you bug her and then she makes updates and you also like That's goats. pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. And she and she goes she goes out of her way to you know support goats and the goat cause and Micah's sort of yeah on the subject of uh sorry goats no no well no I was going to say on James Joyce have any of you tried to read his second book Finnegan's Wake well not to, it's counted as a huge uh, and important piece of English literature but if you read the first page I can link you guys to it it's insane it's absolutely insane it's impossible to read um, so yeah <laughs> try and read it it's just I don't know how it can be classed as uh, great English literature perhaps I'm just not up to scratch on this but I don't know well, hmm. well you know the um, the Britons did a lot with uh, time period a lot of the dialect and uh... will you stop saying Britons Eric you're making you, you sound like you're talking about Matt's family <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no dude I'm talking about the British Brit people the of Britons. 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 Oh, the Britons well then it sounds like I British think British people that I'm saying A-I-N-S but any, okay the British people 
All I'm saying is that literature that was written 400 years ago is significantly different. I mean, if you look at – well, even um, – even more recently, even Charles Dickens, you know, would write with the language of the day. Right? No, no, but Is seriously, correct? read so... this page. It's, it's insane. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's exceptionally. It is very difficult. Yeah, lastly, she also mentioned, uh, she talked more about Dumbledore being gay, but really it was more of the same, you know, just that it doesn't matter that he's gay. It's just, you know, so it, it was nothing new, he's, really. He's not a, he's not a gay <laughs> character. He's a character that happens to be gay. <laughs> it happens to be gay. No, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what that's what it's everyone says. Way it. Including Joe. Yeah. Yeah, why are you guys laughing? Seriously. I'm just so awesome that way, Eric. You make everyone laugh. But that's really all that happened in the news w- this week, besides all of our awesome April Fool stories. Uh, new pictures of Emma Watson, too. Um, where, boys where, like where, 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 <laughs> where? Where's where, Ben? Where? I wonder if Ben's seen this. This is a nice new, new press photos. Yeah, it's, it seems kind of random. I mean, and it. it um, sorry, Warner Bro- or Emma even said it was a Warner Brothers shoot. So everyone was like, "Oh, new photos of Hermione," but it's Emma. She looks great. Yeah. Well, does she? When does when does her film? Come come out ballet shoes. When does that? Oh, that's been out. Is that out? Or? Hasn't that been out? Yeah, it's been Aaron, out. Or Matt? Yeah, thought so. Yeah. So uh, God, I missed some it. stunning new pictures of Miss Watson. <laughs> Only wearing ballet shoes. Whoa! No. <laughs> this is see see we get emails. This is why we get emails. You guys are so immature. Why don't you guys grow up and be like? No, Potter dude, cast? I'm just perverted. That's the yeah, bottom line. I, I saw that you know, picture no which of, way about it. of you and the goats in only ballet shoes, my guy. What? Micro or the goats? Guys, you're being immature, guys. Come on, you're not allowed the to have goats. fun. Well, these, these, photo shoot, these photo shoots from Warner Brothers have to be something besides Harry Potter because they only shot Emma Watson. It's true. It's true. That is true. That is true. That's it for news this week. Let's uh, move on to some announcements. Hey, it's a new month, so vote for us at Podcast Alley. Just go to podcastalley.com, click on MuggleCast, and uh, place your vote for us. We reigned supreme last month, and this month, eh, we're not doing so good. We're at the number five spot right now. So. Oh, shoot. I haven't I'll voted yet. right now. Oh, well, get, get yeah, voted. Oh, well, that's going to make all the difference, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, every okay. vote counts. Thanks for your sarcasm, Jamie. So vote for us this month. It is MuggleCast Maple, which means you do have to vote for us any, any month beginning with an M. Uh, we have to win. So, of course, we won March. Thank you. Seriously, thank you, everyone, who did vote for us last month. Put us in the number one spot. It's just a fun yeah, little no, thing to do on the side. It was really nice. I liked it. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Thanks for your support. And vote for us this week, because it is, uh, or this month, because it is MuggleCast in April. Also, um, I, I'm sort of experimenting with this new thing on MuggleCast.com right now. I posted about it on April 2nd. Amazon does this thing called Amazon Unspun, and basically you make a poll topic, and then people submit their answers, and then people can either vote for answers from uh, fellow listeners, or they can make their own answer. So I did one called Discussion for MuggleCast, and people are currently adding ideas for segments or discussion topics for the show. I thought it'd be a good way to get the listeners involved. So if you guys just check that out over at MuggleCast.com, there's a link to the Unspun page. Right now, the number one thing being voted on is for us to finish chapter by chapter. Of course, we are going to finish that. Uh, And then number two is go back to old shows and see what predictions were correct and what were way off. It's a good idea, but it would... (laughs) That wouldn't be fun. Yeah, but it would take a lot of work going back. Last year on MuggleCast. Number three is movie commentary, which we would love to do eventually. I'm but really, really like, excited to do that. I really, that I'd would really be love fun. To do that. that would be fun. We just need to get yeah. everyone together. I think it. I don't know. Um, 
And so there's some other ideas there. There's uh, 56 items right now and twelve over 1,200 votes and 109 people participating. So definitely check that out if you want to help contribute and give us some ideas for new ideas for the show. Yeah. I have just one announcement this week concerning the transcripts. I know some people have noticed that uh, I've been getting a little bit behind because I've been uh, having a lot of work to do. And uh, part of the way we're going to try and fix that is by hiring some more people. So we want to give everybody out there, the listeners, the opportunity to send their applications in. And you can do that by sending an email over to mogulcastnews at gmail.com. And one thing that we're going to stipulate this time is that you have some sort of English studies background. And you're familiar with grammar and spelling and all that fun stuff because that plays a huge role into uh, doing the transcripts every week. And the other thing that's important to remember is that you have the time commitment to be able to do this. It's probably going to take a couple hours out of your schedule each week to do a couple minutes of the show. So it's really important that people have the time and dedication to put in, as well as have a good understanding of the show itself, who the hosts are, as well as the series, considering that a lot of the terms and phrases that get used are directly from the books. So that's really all I have to say about that. We'll get back to people as quickly as possible, probably within a week, and have uh, people starting as soon as episode 141 or 142. So the people that we've had so far have been doing a great job. It's just uh, I've taken a while because of work to get around to editing and to posting the final transcript up online. But we do need some more people, probably about between 5 and 10, and we look forward to all the applications that do get sent in. And uh, again, those can go to mugglecastnews at gmail.com. And actually, also, I have an announcement as well. Um well, MuggleCast is bringing back an old segment, guys, back from way back, from 2006, actually, called Create Your Own MuggleCast Segment. For those of you who are unfamiliar with it, it's a contest where you will be able to make your very own MuggleCast segment, and it will be aired on where else but MuggleCast. So here's what you do. You plan your segment, you gather your content, you assign your hosts, you know, you get your friends together and all that. And then you record the show, and then you edit it all together. So pretty much you do everything, and then you send it to us. The segment can be no longer than seven minutes, and the topic must relate to Harry Potter books, movies, fan culture, or anything else related to Harry Potter. So, you know, sorry guys, but no Twilight stuff. The judging will be based on creativity of the topic, presentation, and host personalities. The deadline for your segment must be turned in no later than April 20th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The winners will be announced and their segments will be aired on April 22nd or whenever the show will be up on that weekend. So here's what you, here's what you win. The third place winners receive a $15 gift certificate courtesy of Olivance. The second place winner, you get a $25 gift certificate. And the big prize, first place, you get a $50 gift certificate. Each gift certificate can be used for anything Olivance has to offer, including handmade magic wands, robes, house sweaters, ties, etc., etc. And of course, the top three winners will also have their segments aired on an episode of the show. Uh, oh, so one more thing to add. 
please guys compress it to an mp3 format of high quality. You can either email your file as an attachment or send a link to mcsegment at gmail.com. All of this will be posted on the website as well, so if you didn't get everything I just said, don't worry about it. And if you have any questions, please email them to me at mattatstaff.mugglenet.com. So, yeah, good luck to all of you here, Enter. Moving along, one thing that was not an April Fool's joke last week was that I went to the set of Twilight, and um, my set report is now online on Garth, uh, Garth Horizons.com, <laughs> on DarkHorizons.com. Um, I'll put a link on MuggleCast.com because I know we've been converting a lot of you guys to the, not converting, but we've been getting a lot of you guys into the Twilight books, which is, Twilight. Which is awesome. Jamie, you're not liking it? <laughs> I haven't read it, so I'm prejudging it completely. No, I he's, think- he's still a hater, man. Last last week he was hating on me for doing it. Oh no, Matt! I know. Why would you do Twilight? I <laughs> no. think you would like it, Jamie. I really think you would like it. But but it's but isn't it just the same thing being done no again? no? It's different. Matt, do it's it. different. And if you read my stuff report, you'll see that Robert Porsches. Pattinson even thinks it's different. They've got Porsches. Yeah, but isn't that like Blade when they're like? When they're like... <laughs> yeah, it's like Blade. Except but he had like weird Blade. things it's going like... on with his mom. He did have weird things going on with her, but. Matt, do the thing. Do the annoying thing about it. What? Oh, oh my god. Edward Cullen is my shipper for life. I have (laughs) such a crush on fictional characters. Edward Cullen is my lover. Sirius is fine. Sirius is fine. Edward Cullen, like, well, yeah, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You haven't read the books, Jamie, so you can't have a good opinion on this. No, it's true. It's true. I will read them, actually. It's bad to prejudge. It's bad to prejudge. Okay, so okay, so Andrew, we know Robert Pattinson. Who else is in the movie that we might know? Do you, do um, no know? one really. It's really like no, a cheap okay. film. Well, no, I mean, that's cool though. For <laughs> lots of fresh faces. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fresh faces, and I have to say, it, it really is a good portrayal of the books, and they're really serious about making sure that it reflects the books well. Yeah, like Aragon. I heard Unlike that too. Harry Potter and Aragon. No, but they they are really careful. And um, when I was there, even the author Stephanie Myers was there on set, and she's been there the whole week. Just observing. She's really into the idea of her oh, book being sweet. converting into a movie. Um, Kristen Stewart is playing the main character, Bella Swan. And, of course, Robert Pattinson, that hottie in Goblet of Fire. He's playing uh, <laughs> Edward Cullen. Yeah. And then uh, – And Order of the Phoenix, Andrew. You know he was in Order of the Phoenix, right? Yeah, but, I mean, those were those recycled <laughs> scenes. Um, <laughs> it, it really is a great cast. I mean, they're not well-known actors. Yeah. I oh, love Kristen Stewart. She's a really good actress. What what else has she been in, been in uh, Matt for? Um, she know? was in the Panic Room with Jodie Foster. She, oh my God, she was the daughter. Yeah, she was. You're so right. <laughs> I I am so seeing this movie now. Now that I made that connection, she was in Jumper. Uh, she was in the Messengers. She was um, into the Wild. Ca- Catch that kid. I think it was. I'm not going to dwell on this because this is obviously a Harry Potter podcast. But I don't. Uh, I want to find a way to because I know there's. I'm going to start my own Twilight podcast. That's that's what. Andrew, I'm going to do. it's not difficult. Just talk about it. Stop making it a big deal. All right, fine. If you guys are giving me permission, Twilight is going to be a really good film, and I had a lot of fun on set. They were actually they're in Portland, Oregon, actually Oregon, where uh, where the film actually takes place. They actually are even going to Forks, Washington, where it actually takes place. I mean, you know, and you look at That's Harry Potter, crazy. they don't actually go to Hogwarts. But this film actually goes... <laughs> well, that'll, that'll be a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't see the problem. This film goes to uh, 
where the book actually takes place, which is really cool. Jamie, let me ask you something. Yep. <laughs> you're going to run off, and you're probably going to go spend money on Twilight, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, 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 just come on, come on. Come, just come go on. with it, Jamie. Just go with it. Okay, yes, I am going to buy it. What if I told you you could get it for free on audible.com? What if I told you that? <laughs> that is an offer. You can't refuse because today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like MuggleCast, just as easily. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast to get a free audiobook download of your choice. When you sign up today, again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast for your free audible book. Free audiobook, sorry, not audible book. But then I won't be able to think how dreamy Edward Cullen's voice is in my head, I... I have to hear someone else saying it, and that just spoils no. But the magic. it's really great because I've actually listened to it, and um, it's actually a woman who does the audiobook, and so it's pretty much like Bella talking inside her head, because Ooh, it's from yeah, Bella's point of view. So you're like you're like hearing Bella's reasons why she loves Edward Cullen so much. Yeah. So you're like inside Bella's head, Jamie. Actually, I, I do have to say, um, the free deal from MuggleCast gets you a credit towards Twilight because the Twilight book is actually two credits. You get one with this deal through MuggleCast. So you're halfway there. Thirty Over 35,000 other titles to choose from for free. Anyway let's, hey. anyway, let's move on to Muggle Mail now. Who wants to take the first uh, Muggle Mail for today? Our first Muggle Mail comes from Wendy Hennequin, 40, of Nashville, Tennessee. And she writes, I found your discussion of the sudden suicidal attack of Peter Pettigrew's hand very interesting. And I agree with the idea that Voldemort had programmed the hand to attack Pettigrew should he prove disloyal. No one, however, mentioned the vital piece of information that confirms this theory. At the end of Goblet of Fire, when Voldemort creates the hand, he says, Pettigrew, may your loyalty never waver again. Ooh. Uh, yeah. No, this is this serious stuff. Strangely enough, the disloyalty is only slight. Pettigrew's hand only loosens a little, just enough for Harry to jerk away, and this action may not be a disloyalty at all, since Voldemort had specifically ordered that no one must kill Harry but Voldemort himself. Pettigrew must be thinking someone something disloyal. Sorry. Also, about Draco Malfoy's wand, someone, not sure who, said that Draco had the Elder Wand, which Harry takes from him. But in the next chapter, Ollivander identifies the wand in question as Draco Malfoy's Hawthorne, not Elder Wand. And Voldemort takes the Elder Wand from Dumbledore's tomb later. Love the show, keep it up, and when you finish chapter by chapter for Deathly Hollows, go back to book one and start from there. Chapter by chapter is my favorite segment. Okay, we already did chapter by chapter from book one. Yeah. Didn't we? Yes, we did. Well, I wanted to clarify something, I guess, that um, sorry, Wendy brought up. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I was pretty sure the Elder Wand is not a wand. It's more of a concept or it's more of an intangible thing, so the power itself is transferred from one wand to the other. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it's actually a wand. Yeah, I think I think it's more Voldemort of a position. goes and actually pulls it out of Dumbledore's It's a wand, coffin. but it's kind of like an un it's kind of like an unfaithful lover. You can have the wand, but is it really yours? Because I was under the impression, okay, that the power of the Elder Wand transferred from Dumbledore to Draco the night that Draco disarmed him on the tower. No, we're talking about ownership no, though. We're talking about two separate things. It's, no, but that's that's not what we were talking about on the last show. No, the Elder Wand does not belong to any specific person. 
Right. It's it's when it's it's tra- it's kind of like a link to an all um an all power or something. It's like it's a the, transfer. The, the, no, power. it's like the, the one ring. It's like the one ring. Who's in control of it? Yeah, whoever has it, it can be transferred. Whoever wins it bends his will to the master. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it, 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 the master holds it, but he doesn't own the power. It's the wand that holds the power. Yeah, but the wand chooses no. who it works for, though. Well, yeah, that also. Well, what um, Wendy says is Ollivander identifies the wand in question as Draco's wand, not the Elder Wand. But didn't didn't Ollivander say there's really no way you can tell if it's an Elder Wand or not? See, here's my thing, though. If you go back to when Voldemort kills Snape, he kills Snape because he thinks that Snape is in possession of the Elder Wand. No, he thinks he's in possession of its allegiance. He thinks he... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. That. Sorry, exactly. sorry. That's what okay. I meant. This is how a wand and a wizard connect. An initial attraction... This is according to Ollivander, okay? There's an initial attraction, and then a mutual quest for experience. The wand learning from the wizard, and the wizard from the wand. It isn't necessary to kill the previous owner, Harry checked, for a wand to change allegiance, but Ollivander suspects that the desire for the Elder Wand naturally causes its former owners to be killed in the process. So, once again, I mean, it's not that you have to kill an owner to win the wand's allegiance. That's typically what kind of happens, but the wand's allegiance and actually having the wand in your possession are two completely different things. Okay, yeah, and I think that that's where the confusion came in, because last show I was talking, and I should have used the, uh, the word allegiance, that you're right, Jamie. The allegiance was cool. with Harry in the end. That's why when he disarms... Dra- well, no, it goes from Dumbledore to Draco to Harry... And that's what happened in the, this past chapter that we discussed at Malfoy Manor. When Harry gets that wand in his possession or disarms Draco and gets his wand, that's he's now in possession of the Elder Wand's allegiance, correct? No, 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 of, of Draco's wand. Right, Dr- who took the allegiance from Dumbledore the night he disarmed him on the tower. Yes. Right, but isn't isn't uh, right exactly? But by the end of the book, when Harry and Voldemort are dueling on the table in the Great Hall, isn't the Elder Wand still Draco Malfoy's servant? No, isn't it? No. Isn't it still alleged to Draco Malfoy? It is not. No, because the no, wand, the wand Harry's was possession. now. Yeah, the wand succumbed to Harry. The wand, the wand chose Harry its master. Okay, well, it's still flawed, and we'll talk about that in chapter by chapter, but I I feel that that is uh, a little bit flawed because, well, we'll explain, but I think that's still flawed. Next email from Daniel, 16 of Scotland. I was just listening to episode 139 where you briefly discussed the taboo on Voldemort's name. I believe that this ta- taboo was already in use before the ministry was taken over in the Deathly Hollows. The ministry itself, number one, the ministry itself could have been using the taboo previously not to locate opposition to Voldemort, such as the Order of the Phoenix, but to uncover possible Death Eaters and allies of Voldemort that would be using his name for a more sinister purpose. Number two, maybe the ministry encouraged people to say you-know-who or he who must not be named rather than Voldemort in order to find people abusing the taboo and not just because people were afraid to say his name. Number three, I think that if... I think that if it was an idea created and used by the Ministry, it is extremely ironic that Voldemort uses it more effectively when he's in control than the Ministry if they were using it against him. I may be talking total skeptical crap, but I just wanted to hear what you guys thought about this theory. Mike was on the verge of saying what I was thinking, but I don't think it was mentioned that it may well have been an idea created by the Ministry in order to keep tabs on Death Eaters and not just used by Voldemort to track down his enemies in Book 7. I think that's a good idea. Uh I disagree. Uh, I disagree. No? Oh. Oh. 
Jamie? I just, no, what I was going to say, uh, his first point, um, I think if Death Eaters and Voldemort's allies use his name, especially in front of him, um, they're going to get killed by him for disrespecting him. And if they use it away from him, I don't think they do that because they're probably more scared of him than everyone else is because they have to prove themselves to him on a regular basis, whereas everyone else exactly. is just scared of him. So. Well, he, think, Voldemort. Uh, that's the thing about the books. I mean, the, well, the Death Eaters are all scared of him. They they call him the Dark Lord. They won't use his name. Exactly. In fact, Bellatrix thinks Harry's a nut job when he uses his name. Well, also Tom Riddle also you said, know. you know, that he wanted to create a name that even the most bravest wizard would fear to say, or something like that. Yeah. Like he wanted yeah. his name to be feared. It's not that um, the name was tabooed. It was just everyone was too afraid to say it. Exactly. And if you translate it, it means flight from death, which is pretty creepy. Yep. 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 Sorry, Andrew. No, so, I don't know. Can I get no, the last muggle man? No. Never mind. Sweet. I'll get the uh, last one. Okay. Uh, this one's from Megan, age 19, of Parkland, Washington. She says, Hey there, Mugglecasters. I just wanted to make a couple comments on the most recent show. As I was listening and you began to talk about psychologists, I started to giggle, but then I started to frown. I am going to be graduating with a psychology degree, and I am saddened by the stereotypes that are placed on psychologists. They are not all like the typical Freudian image of the therapist sitting there with the patient lies on a couch while they blab about their whole life. Just thought I should say something. Also, I really like the idea of making the show a more diverse genre. I love all four series you picked, and I look forward to hearing what you'll come up with. I applaud Lara for being a strong feminist, as I am one myself. And I think Jamie has a sexy voice. Bye. That's nice. I think that stereotype's awesome. It is. It's very. You it see is. it all the time in TV. And stuff. You really do. But, but I, I, I'm sure it's not. I true, heard though. about another stereotype about psychologists that they all kind of have issues, and that's why they become psychologists. I'm sure Megan really appreciates. Yeah, appreciate no, it. No, that's not true, no, Eric. No, that's no, so no, not I mean, true, Eric. <laughs> look, I'm just, I'm just joking. My girlfriend uh, studied adolescent psychopathology, and I like to tease her. So. It's really nothing to do with anybody. Well, the whole, you know, well, the, the conversation that, well, I think it was Jamie, Micah, and I had about psychologists was was basically we we basically just said that psychologists, you know, control the world, and um, <laughs> it's it's a compliment. It's, 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 you know, it's kind of a stereotype, but it's kind of not. No, no, it's so true. You, you can't generalize with all psychologists because a lot of psychologists like to help you, but there's like so many different kinds of oh, different sorry. psychologists there are. No, but Matt, so, I mm-hmm. didn't mean it was a bad thing that they take over no. the world. I just mean that they, they're brilliant because they know how to – like, for example, I saw a TV show advertised. Its name on like the TV guide on the TV was Breaking Into Tesco. Now, Tesco is this huge superstore here, and, you know – as for being a superstore, it has a huge security system and, you know, everything like that. It's a huge, huge – they have huge security uh, budgets and stuff like that. And the actual program was about um, people cooking for them and bringing products onto their shelves, which apparently it's really, really hard to do. But I clicked on it immediately because I thought it was going to be people armed in with, like, knives and balaclavas trying to break into it past their security systems. And I think that was created by a psychologist since I think everyone else is going to do exactly the same. Well, I definitely love psychologists when they're involved with big things because they always see things that a lot of people cannot see because they think about – because they know what the human brain and, and how humans think. Yeah. So you definitely need one on your side. Yeah. You do, definitely. But I've, it's I a great thought, profession. 
It was psychiatrists that sit on the couch, not psychologists. Am I wrong? Well, it's all... Well, I think... You're right. I don't know. It's it's all psychiatrists study psychology. No, they don't, Matt. Yeah, no, they, they do. they study psychiatry. No, they don't, Matt. Psychiatrism... Okay, fine. You need a medical degree. All right, well, that does it for Muggle Mail this week. We're going to get into uh, chapter by chapter now. Chapters 24 and 25. Um, uh, Eric, you want to kick it off? Oh, gosh. Oh. I think I'm going to have to leave. I can't. I don't want to. What? The, the beginning of this chapter, it's too sad. Oh, oh gosh. You know, You're actually, I, drama queen. I think I think Micah should read the first point, because Micah used to have something with Dobby, and before he left him for the goat, um, there was a uh, there was an old avatar I made for, for Micah, um, based on something he told, I believe it was Andrew, uh, on one of the earlier episodes, that uh, Andrew was not ready for the Dobster, that... that that, oh yeah, that Andrew got pwned by Dobby in one of the uh, earlier, uh, earlier yeah. books uh, discussions. So I wow, how long ago was that? Thirty-four. That was, that's old school, Muggle. So yeah, man. So uh, Micah, why don't you read the the sad news? This is news, guys. This is this is news. So Micah. Well, we all know how the chapter ended from last week and how it starts off this week. Dobby obviously dies, and uh, Harry buries him without using any magic, which, you know, I guess is more of a sign of respect than anything else, and um, that's kind of where I'll leave it. I, I didn't actually listen to last week's show, Andrew. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Did you put any music in there for him? Sorry, or... for which character? Dobby? <laughs> Dobby, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You he guys did. suggested a song, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever I song you said. What song was it? Free... Oh, yeah, I want oh, to break yeah. free, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and Jamie's like, oh, please, God, yes, please. Yeah, that was exactly what I was like. Played that. You know you were. No, I know I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Dobby dies. Uh, I, I I loved how Harry didn't use magic to bury him. I, yeah, I that was so it was almost like he was f- forced to do it. Like, he was so angry at the thought of using magic for him that, you know, because it wasn't, it, it wasn't really, you know, deserving Someone needed to like get on their hands and just. He deserved someone to really dig them the grave. And 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 the thing about it is that um, I mean the the first point here uh, about Harry burying Dobby is that it makes such an impact on Griphook, and really does work uh, to serve uh, for Harry's benefit um, because Griphook uh, is is really uh, Griphook calls Harry a strange wizard. When they talk to him for 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 having that sort of profound respect for Dobby, but Harry's there digging right. the grave, and he's out there so long. Eventually, I guess he gets joined by Dean and uh, someone else with a with a shovel too. But isn't it, is it Ron? I, I think that helps. I think him? It's Ron. But and then after all of it, uh, Harry you know puts that little stone there, and here lies Dobby, a free elf. It's just it's really emotional. And but this is also a big turning point for Harry because this is when he's just fed up with it, and he realizes that. Something, something's got to give. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, what, well, did, what were you gonna say, Matt? Well, I was thinking, well, what did you guys think about you know the speech they gave for Dobby for his funeral? Like what Luna said. Oh, all Harry could say was goodbye, Dobby. That was, that was horrible. That was that was heart wrenching. Yeah. It was really sad. That's gonna be a really hard but scene. Actually, to pull you off. know what was the saddest thing? And this, this, I don't even know if it's talking about translation to movie, Matt. Um, they they put socks on him. They put socks and shoes on Dobby, and Dean conjured him a hat. 
And they buried so Harry closed his eyes, and everyone else conjured clothing for him, and and like gave him clothes and buried him. Well, was it was it Harry that closed his eyes? I thought it was Luna. Oh, oh, maybe it was Luna. One of them gave him shoes though and socks, and uh, Dean conjured the hat. Well, I'm sure they're going to do that in the film. It's just it won't be very relevant to people who haven't read the books. Well, considering he's been gone from all the movies, you know, since. um, Mm -hmm. Well, he well Harry also uh, wraps him in his jacket as a blanket too. Which I thought was really oh, sad. So it was kind of like you wrapping guys, your baby. Have you guys seen where people put coins over their eyes? It, well, yeah, that's to uh, that's yeah. to give yes. the money to pass into the, uh, the you know to give the what the two cents to the uh, to the boatman that was th- Sharon. Sharon. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Sharon, yeah, not yeah. Sharon, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. Maybe maybe on yeah, that weekend uh, she's uh, Sharon, but. <laughs> She's a bit more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon costs a little more. <laughs> if you want Sharon to take you across the lake. Anyway, Griphook thinks uh, Harry's very strange. And Griphook, uh, we'll, we'll actually come back to that, what Cook says. But um, H- H- Harry concludes that he's finally succeeded in shutting Voldemort out of his head. And that it's actually grief... That's his tool for doing so. So Harry kind of figures it out because he's really sad for Dobby. And currently, Voldemort is at the Malfoy Manor, presumably flipping a bitch on all his Death Eaters. And mm-hmm. be- because, I mean, if you think about it, this is probably the angriest that we've ever, I mean, not seen Voldemort, obviously, but Harry Potter was there and in serious condition. They, they had him. And once again, they, they, they let him go. And Voldemort was so far away, and it's just one of those things you expect to see Voldemort, the angriest he's ever been, but you you don't, because Harry's finally learned to shut him out, and he says it's grief. Dumbledore would have said it was love, but it was actually grief. And uh, J.K.R. even confirms here while writing that it was grief for Sirius, uh, not necessarily how much love there was in Harry, but the grief side of love that prevented Voldemort from possessing him at the end of book slash movie five is it grief or is it just like an extreme distraction if if you have so much grief your mind is completely on something else like dobby so is it that your mind's just completely distracted and like i don't understand is it just something that's on your mind that's closing out voldemort or is it actually grief like i don't understand how grief would close your mind there ha- i think it has to be like a, a sort of um emotion yeah. or something that's locked in your head and th- that creates a block from anyone it, it, who tries okay. to go it's through not and just open a kind mind. of fatigue sort of grief it's because if you're tired you know then your then your defenses are weaker then voldemort can penetrate your mind like harry you, you know well also he says when he's when he's um digging the spade into making the hole he keeps going the saying the two words over in his mind horcrux um what, what was the other word hollows so so that's what it is it's just something distracting harry so much that well, no, that's all it, he can it's, think about it's also the compassion side of it andrew it's it's i mean it's it's love and grief. When I asked what's the difference, I mean, because the grief for Dobby is that, you know, it's a creature that he that he loved so much in a way, yeah. you know, to, to, to have him dead and have to be burying him and to yeah. be fighting this war. It's just – it's very – obviously, it's very depressing, but I, I, I still think that compassion has to do something with it. It's just not specifically that Harry, you know, has a bunch of love in him. It's, it's, it's the ability to feel for others. And also, if you go on the grief article on Wikipedia – uh, it gives the processes of uh, grief, the stages of it, and the first one oh, is shock I love those and things. denial, disbelief. And it says feelings of unreality, depersonalization, withdrawal, and an anesthetizing effect. 
So yeah. I guess his mind wasn't working like a mind, and it has to be working like a mind for Voldemort to come into him, perhaps. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So you guys are saying he's actually less Jamie. human in order to block out Voldemort. Oh, no, no, no. That he's is, not. That his mind is. Human. Well, it's a dysfunction in his mind. You're no, saying no, it's no. more of a. No, well, he's, no, he's not as open. Thing, he's not as open, also. Th- that's the whole point of penetrating your mind. His mind yeah. is set on one thing right now. Exactly. Huh. So if he were extremely focused on something else, then. Well, no, no. We're, this is complete conjecture, but it's just perhaps, you know. Oh. It's yeah. just a perhaps. So, Matt, like you were saying, Harry's sitting there digging that hole saying Horcruxes are hollows. And this is why, because he's trying to, he's deciding which one to go with, and he decides that to go with the Horcruxes because that's the plan that Dumbledore left him with, and it must have been for a good reason. Yeah. Exactly. So he's, 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 he's choosing whether or not he should dis- he should talk to Griphook first or Ollivander first, no. because, to be perfectly honest, either one of them could die. They're kind of weak. They've been in a cellar for... Well, I mean, Ollivander's been in a cellar for really long. I was worried... When I was reading this chapter the first time, I was worried that in choosing to talk to Griphook first, Ollivander would die and we'd, you know, not get the satisfaction of all these answers regarding the wand. So I, I kind of treated it like it was a really sensitive choice. I mean, Harry said the time is now. Do I choose to find out more about the Horcruxes or do I learn all I want about, you know, the Elder Wand, one mm-hmm. of the Hallows? Well, this was de- – because this was definitely a, a fork in the road for Harry's journey because he had the two um, – he had both Ollivander and Griphook that, that could lead him to different um, roads in, in this journey. And he chose the one that he initially went on that Dumbledore gave him to do, which was mm. get the Horcruxes, which means that he had to go to um, Griphook. Yeah. Uh, just really quick movie mention. I really hope John Hurt comes back to play. <gasps> I do too. I, I was yeah. thinking the oh. same thing. And I'm looking at his IMDb, and he's been in a lot of projects. So I mean, he's still pretty active, and uh, he just he's a great actor. So I, he sh- has to come back. I mean, uh, if they don't get John Hurt to come back, who? I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's just the whole. You know, it's been ten years or whatever. So well, well, that's I hope, the other thing. I I mean, hope that's they get just... Vern Troyer too to play Griphook. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. They need Vern Troyer to play Griphook, and they need uh, John Hurt to play, um, sorry, Ollivander, um, <laughs> and Dan Radcliffe to play Harry Potter. I mean, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just talking about continuity between the films. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Dan's too expensive. They're going to decide to go with a lower, lower budget. <laughs> well, since we're on this chapter, can I can I just say that was it hard for you to actually vision Bill Weasley? Because yeah, you see all the really you know all the him. other characters from the movie have already been introduced, so you see kind of the actors in your mind also when you read the books. But Bill is yeah. the only one of all this whole group that you haven't seen yet, so it's almost hard to vision him talking well, to him. No, the thing of it is, is that his face has been torn off, and it's got so heavy scarring, and he like only eats blood red meat now. Like that, that was that was that, that's what's difficult for me. I always had a picture of Bill in my mind ever since book four. You know. Be, so, so it never really interferes not having a, a an actor to go with in the movies. But at the end of book six, when he gets you know attacked by Fender or Greyback, I just can't picture that. Same thing with Moody; he was described as having like a wooden you know face almost with the way it was, and it's just some of the ways J.K.R. describes it is just I think difficult for me um, to to really really picture. Like when she will talk about the scarring extensively. I, I start wondering whether or not my image of Bill is correct. Right, right, right. Okay. All right, so where are we now in this chapter? <laughs> um, well, well, he decided to go with the Horcruxes, so he's going to talk to Griphook. 
Yeah. And, and um, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. So he chooses to talk to Griphook, and Griphook calls him a really strange wizard. Apparently, Griphook was watching Harry uh, bury Dobby. So, um, he's kind of really. Yeah. I just want to when he called him a really strange wizard. I think that was really interesting. It just really shows you how different Harry is. Because yeah. you know, here's a goblin telling him he's he's really strange. I just. That was such a really, honestly, it was a really moving scene when I first read it. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it meant something. Because it's, and it's almost like respect, but I mean, Griphook's a little, you know, Griphook's not very pleasant, you know, and, and you know, by the next chapter, they're all really kind of tired of him. But I mean, the whole thing is that, uh, you know, he calls him a strange wizard and he, he kind of goes into this this rant or a tangent about how wizards and, or what, what are they, what is it called, wand holders, wand carriers? One carries, yeah. One one carries, yeah, yeah. Don't let, don't allow uh, goblins and other magical creatures, non wand carriers, to actually have wands, uh, which could potentially, if they were allowed to have one, extend their powers that way. They're they're kind of debating, and and Ron, of course, says a bunch of dumb things about well, you guys can do magic without wands and stuff. But there's this whole kind of argument, this racial undertones, and Hermione finally says, stop, guys, you know, we don't want to talk about whose race is more, you know, underhanded and, and, and violent and all that stuff, and then, you know, they obviously have to kind of try and get uh, get the discussion going. Yeah. So, I don't know, any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on that racial overtone and stuff? Because we've, we've seen it before in the books, but now it's kind of getting down to the point where, if it weren't for Harry's being special... That you know he wouldn't have had any help and success breaking into Gringotts. Well, I also just want to point out that one of the things that he said about Harry was actually pretty um, sincere when when he talked how um, well when he when Harry asked that he needed to get into the vault, and he said that he that he knows uh, what that poem was. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah. Um, if you seek beneath our floors a treasure that was never yours, thief, you have been warned, beware, and so, something like that. And finding more treasure, right? And and Harry t- uh, tells Griphook that he is not trying to steal this for his own personal gain. And then Griphook says, "If there's any other wizard, if there's any wizard that would not, if he could believe any." Dang it, I can't do this without reading it. So, um, Oh, here it is. If there was a wizard of whom I would believe that they did not seek personal gain, it would be you, Harry Potter. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I just so. thought that, he, that, he, that despite all um, his um, – all the past prejudgments on wizards, he knows that Harry Potter is a genuinely good person. Well, I think it's moving to see a wizard bury a house elf. I mean – Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure he's never seen that before. So, you mean instead of yeah. cut off their heads and put them on the wall, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, and there's obviously the political stuff here that Joe loves so much. You know about uh, people treating people properly, regardless of mm-hmm. who they are, no matter who they are. And also, yeah. and also, who who didn't Sirius tell Harry that it's you? judge a man on how he treats his inferiors not his not his equals what was it Dumbledore was, no it was Sirius in book 4 so he obviously learned something from yeah. Sirius a lot from him ah. which is nice yeah. Yeah, a person's was... a person no matter no how small no how small <laughs> Horton here too <laughs> Dr. Seuss which was very hypocritical though when you look at the way he treated creature yeah yes yeah yeah, well, he... yeah, yeah you're right but he had a lot of family resentment because his parents were yeah but anyway um, Anyway, okay, so what? Harry goes into Ollivander's, and immediately he sh- 
takes out his wand and he says, can you fix this? Can it be fixed? Is there any way you can fix the wand? And Ollivander looks at it and he's like, yeah, sorry, dude. No, not going to, not going to work. I don't really. And Harry's like, uh, you know, it's a blow. He kind of figured that his wand couldn't be repaired, but now it's official. His wand is broken. That, yes, that, that he knows of. He doesn't, he just says out of his knowledge of, um, wand, wand lore, um, it cannot be repaired with that much damage. Yeah, but if Harry goes to Ollivander yeah. and Well, I mean, Ollivander made the wand well, no, first. Who else but I'm just saying, you know, there, there's hope. The book's not over yet. Yeah. There's not hope. No, there's not hope. It's all over. <laughs> Ollivander or bust. Yeah. Fine. I just hope you're right at the end of this book. <sighs> he better. He better. Um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, it's a little bit weird, okay? So Ollivander, I mean, he has a discussion with Harry, and Harry asks him a bunch of questions. And Harry, of course, knows exactly what happened between Ollivander and Voldemort, having seen it through Voldemort's eyes. And that kind of creeps Ollivander out, but in the end of it all, uh, Harry isn't sure whether or not he likes Ollivander. He has the same issue he had with him the first time, which is that when they're talking about Voldemort getting the Elder Wand, which is now confirmed to exist, Ollivander believes it exists and that kind of convinces Hermione as well but at the end of it all it seems that Vol- that Ollivander is as sort of enthralled about the idea of Voldemort having the Elder Wand such a dark powerful wizard having such a powerful wand as he is appalled by it and Harry that, isn't sure whether or not he likes it that just pinpoints the whole Harry being the only person who can vanquish the Dark Lord because he's the only one who doesn't think wow you know you have to be impressed with this person even if you're completely repulsed by him yeah well like he just said like um uh, Hugh must not be named did great things terrible things but still great yeah it like yeah exactly and he Harry's the only you, person who you, doesn't you, you, yeah and you may not like, like the wizard but you respect parents, the things that he that he did <laughs> but he's so got big. style <laughs> yes <laughs> you can't deny Voldemort's got style yeah so um and so, so Harry and Ollivander also have like a little conversation about um, how you know wands get taken or passed over to others by you know being defeated or e- technically. Oh, sorry, it, am I going too far ahead? No, 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 no. It's good. Um, this is just, and then he tells Harry that he can use Draco's wand. But yeah, you're doing yeah. fine. Okay, so um, yeah. So they so te- technic so basically all they do is just talk about how wands have been passed over um, and what what kind of criteria is there that has to be passed over to each person and Harry finds out from Ollivander that not technically you don't really need to kill anybody to pass over a wand to each person. Probably the biggest change in Harry is at the end of the chapter. Do you guys know what I'm talking about here? Because it's a pretty big deal. Harry decides not to act because. He sees Voldemort heading to Hogwarts to get the Elder Wand from Dumbledore's tomb. Because lo and behold, Dumbledore had the Elder Wand. And he doesn't tell anyone, but Voldemort goes and gets the Elder Wand. And Hermione and Ron are all like, we have to go to Hogwarts, we have to get the Elder Wand, blah, 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 blah. And Harry's like, yeah, it's too late. Yeah, Harry Harry had it knew in the back of his mind that... Dumbledore probably took the um, the Elder Wand. Had it. He just wanted to know what the connection was between um, Grindelwald and how he got it. Because I think he knew that Grindelwald had the Elder Wand and Dumbledore took it from him. 
but he just I think he wanted it confirmed on how Grindelwald got it and, it and was also, from Grigorovic also it's the kind of thing that Dumbledore would have accounted for before he died and Harry knew that Dumbledore sort of you know um, yeah power was his weakness or did he know that by then he didn't, that power did he? was Dumbledore's weakness. Um, yeah, he didn't. know. He, he didn't know. No, no okay, I don't well, think he did. I mean, he hadn't read that 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 one part of that letter which had said that uh, you know he was really power hungry. That that appears later, I believe. Yeah, and well, also I just he, think Dumbledore. Sorry, Dumbledore confesses it to Harry later on in the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And but also even at this stage, um, Harry wouldn't think that Dumbledore would just be buried along with this hugely important wand if Voldemort wasn't supposed to get it somehow. Yes, and also if if Dumbledore knew that Vold- that he had the Elder Wand and he was mm. going to get killed, I think he would a- and he knew that Voldemort would have a chance to take it from him. He w- yeah, he would have yeah. hit it better or even given it to somebody else. Well, that's why it he all goes not, back he... to the tower. Yeah, I mean, everything goes easy. back to that night on the tower. That's why he let Draco disarm him. Do you really think if he was going to prevent what was about to happen that he wouldn't have used something more powerful? I mean, he could have easily gotten out of that situation easily, without any easily, trouble. Yeah. Especially with the and Elder Wand, yeah. He'll, and, and that's why he knew Snape was going to kill him, and he knew that Snape would be at risk regardless because if Snape had if Dumbledore was still in possession of, say, the Elder Wand's allegiance at the time, it most likely would have transferred over to Snape. Snape would have been a liability in the sense that yeah. he could have been killed by Voldemort, which he was in the end for that very reason. So um, that's why I believe that Dumbledore allowed Draco to disarm him. Yeah, yeah because true, he, yeah. he was he was an un you know he no one would have uh, guessed that Draco would have got the Elder Wand. No, exactly, right, and that's yeah. why. Then that final scene with when Harry reveals the fact that Draco's wand was in fact the one who had the allegiance of the Elder Wand, Voldemort kind of just shrugged it off. He didn't really believe it. Yeah, but but that's what happened, isn't it? We're meant to believe by the end of the book that when Draco disarmed Dumbledore, he the the allegiance of the Elder Wand was Draco's. Is that is that correct? Is correct. That, okay. And then when okay. Harry became in possession of Draco's wand, that allegiance was transferred. Anyway, I, I mean, I guess that wraps up Chapter 24, and Chapter 25 is half as long discussion-wise. Yeah, well, I think you... Basically, these two chapters pretty much are the same. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think that the only reason why there was a separation between the two chapters was because of that last scene with Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think one thing that totally creeped me out at the end of the Chapter 24 was when Voldemort just pulls the wand right out of Dumbledore's hands. The yeah, court lifeless oh, body. Hey, guys, so I'm, I'm I'm sorry to say this, but since we're at the end of this chapter, wouldn't this be the uh, the best part to split the movies? No, right it's after too late. Voldemort. It's way too no, late. It is too no, late. but it's uh, they can't show the whole Malfoy Manor scene as part one in the movie. And how is this climactic? This isn't really like how, well because a, you know Voldemort has a big uh, Dumbledore's a big wand. wand or something. Well, I guess yeah. I could see how it ending <laughs> on like Voldemort going into Dumbledore's grave and picking up the wand, but how gruesome would that? Are they getting Michael Gammon? Oh, God. I well, yeah, Michael Gammon will have to be in, books, in movie seven for you well, know, the uh, King's Cross you know, chapter. Michael stuff, Gammon so. can play a really good dead guy. Like, <laughs> no, well, that just, was, I don't know. <laughs> no, that was Richard Harris. Have we, have, we, have we ever seen like a dead 
Eric, that's terrible. That's <laughs> horrible. No, I love Richard Harris, and I prefer him as the Dumbledore to this date. That's still terrible. Okay, so chapter 25, uh, Shell Cottage. Yeah, okay, like what we were saying, it's basically uh, continuing on from the previous chapter. Um, group, group Hook agrees to help them break into Bellatrix's vault, which is really uh, kind of a big surprise. Yeah. At least I thought so. It's a real change for a for someone who works in yeah, Gringotts. Yeah, it's a real shock considering Bellatrix held him hostage for... Uh... Okay, well, no, but just the, just <laughs> yeah. the logistics. It, exactly, he has every reason to give it over, though. He really does sarcastic. have every reason to break in. I mean, that that whole you're a strange wizard Harry was all leading up up to it. You could tell that he was going to say yes. Okay, so according to Griphook, the sword of Godric Gryffindor was actually Ragnarok the Firsts, and it was taken by Godric. Uh, it was taken by Godric. Hermione doesn't see a point in arguing whose race is more underhanded and violent, and Bill specifically warns Harry that goblins see things differently. In fact, the maker, not the purchaser, are in goblins' eyes rightfully the owners. It says if the items were bought from the goblins who made them, they would consider it to be rented. Goblin-made objects passing from wizard to wizard confuses them, and I believe, says Bill, that Griphook thinks that it ought to, the sword ought to have been returned to the goblins once the original purchaser died. They consider our, meaning the wizard's habit, from passing uh, objects to wizard to wizard without producing further payment for the goblins little more than theft. Now that's really good characterization of the goblins there. I I, I applaud. I thought this was really like I thought this was really like righteous man, like because this is so old school. It feels like it, it's so it, yeah. out of date with today's current society i guess you could say yeah well it's just the kind of thing i mean you know different cultures and stuff can see things totally differently and i mean this is yeah that's what i mean yeah so it's it's pre-money isn't it It it's more it's it's i mean it it couldn't work i guess in today's world you'd have a lot of trouble trying to fit in with society holding these views but i guess being goblins they can engineer their own society and stuff well because they're different species i mean they have their own culture also so I, I I think they really just like to keep their own things to themselves, and the fact that they need you know they need like maybe money for certain kind of things, they would rather rent things because they really do not like the fact of giving their you know treasures off to other. They've media. got like a tremendous amount of pride, or or not even pride, but self entitlement. I think like and I mean they've they've had a fight for it and all that from the Wizarding World, but they've really got this sort of thing on their own made objects. You know the 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 really crafty sort of armor and stuff that they like, they admire. They kind of sort of get off on their own stuff. The the they get off on their own objects and stuff. Now talking about culture shock though, Jamie, have you ever had any kind of culture shock? Have you ever offended anybody you didn't mean to offend by just traveling? Because I don't think so. Yeah. We do it on I the show no, all no, the time no. accidentally. <laughs> well, we, we, like what we people uh, on the show. I mocked an Indian once, and that wasn't appreciated. Uh, it's it's actually the the political term is Native American. Native Andrew. American, sorry, dude, you mocked a Native <laughs> American. That's not cool. Well, I did their their mind. Oh, you did. <laughs> right. Just 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 don't just like, don't, don't even. I'm not going to go there, that, But yeah, okay. So so this whole goblin thing is a bit. So, yeah, you know. But I really like. Um, you know, I didn't care for the whole Professor Ben's lessons about the rebellions and stuff. Not that she got into them because she didn't, but. 
you know, I find this really interesting. I found that very interesting about goblins. This is a really good insight on, like, the culture of the goblins without really going too big into detail about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's perfect. It's exactly what you need to sort of advance the plot or understand them for understanding's sake. But then later on we learn even more that uh, Bill goes on to tell – I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but – No, it's it's good. Just for the sake of There's not really much in between this. Yeah. Bill does – tell Harry that to be really careful and that um, uh, he says that goblins are don't they don't trust wizards and they don't believe that wizards have any respect for goblins so to be very cautious but it, it comes full circle though the, you know um, it definitely does Harry tried to rip griphook off and griphook rips them off it's exactly the same and also everyone's self-interested because griphook you know, for all his uh, principles about uh, him being loyal to Gringotts and stuff, he still says he'll break into something for something that furthers his own ends yeah. and then rips them off. So it's everyone's self-interest. Yeah, you're completely right, Jimmy. What I really love about what what, with what Bill's talks to Harry about is it. it's almost like Bill knows what Harry's doing. Oh, it, he does. He, says, he pretty much like, he pretty much he, guesses it exactly. He's like he knows he knows goblins too well, and he knows that there has been a sort of agreement between Harry and Griphook, and he's telling him, you know, don't think, don't put too much past um, the goblins. They're very clever, and if you're going to, if you think about, you know, betraying them, just yeah. think they're they He's probably thinking the same exact thing to you. Yeah. So be on your guard. Yeah. Well, he worked at Gringotts, and that's why it's so perfect. That's why it's exactly so perfect that they're in this situation. It's one of those literary ha-has that are just so cool. Because even though there's a truce, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, just when Bill was walking up to Harry, and you know, I I knew that he was going to say, you know, because I'm like, didn't Bill work at Gringotts? And it's like, yeah. And so he's been around goblins, you know, ever since he said ever since he left Hogwarts. So, and and you're right, he totally knows what Harry's up to. He's like. If you want to, you know, don't make a deal with goblins, especially if it has treasure involved, because you could get yeah. screwed. Yep. So that was and really then Harry's. Sorry, that was really cool. Well, okay, so so Harry has to give the uh, Harry. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Harry and Griffin at Griphook at the end. The sword, and the sword's their single weapon against the Horcruxes, because they don't know that they're actually going to be, you know going down to the Chamber of Secrets and whispering, you know, <laughs> whispering off-headedly something snake-like and actually getting it to open and grabbing Basilisk Fangs. So, they, so they're really concerned about losing the sword, and they got to break into one of these most ancient chambers, and Hermione is... Hermione is, tries to persuade Harry against it. He, she doesn't want him to make a deal. She says it could take years to find all the Horcruxes and destroy them. That's just an awkward comment, because we as the readers know... That like one book, one That's year. That's not going to happen. You know? yeah. It's not going to happen. It's all going to be conveniently tied up. They're all going to be in the same place, Hogwarts, in the end. You know, so so it's kind of it's kind of an awkward comment, but at least it, you know, J.K. tries, and uh, it's it's kind of like yeah. Harry just came up with the idea that he was going to um, tell him that he, that Griphook can get the sword, but after he's finished with it. And and Hermione doesn't like that idea because, you, like you said, it's going to take years. But um, Harry also tells her that he doesn't like the idea either, but there's no other alternative really that they can have. There really isn't. It's a tight situation. And, and Bill just comes across and just tells him, you know, there's also a, a lot more to this than you think, Harry. So... And of course, also in this chapter, um, 
Lupin spreads the news that Tonks had her baby. Aww. Tonks had her baby. Not only that, what does Lupin come across to Harry and ask him Will you be my godfather? Will you be his godfather? (laughs) (laughs) A little too late to be Lupin. It's it's a really awkward um, situation, too, because the last time they saw each other, you know, Lupin slapped him in the face. And Harry was really angry to him. Talk about a change of heart. Seriously. Hey! <laughs> hey, will you be my godfather? I guess that's Lupin's way of making it up to Harry. Yeah. Well, maybe. A, I mean... Oh, I, I have a grandfather here. Sorry, no. Harry's not Teddy's grandfather. <laughs> He's... All right, well, I think that does it for uh, chapter by chapter this week. Yeah, well, he just makes this comment that he wants to be as ragged a, gr- a godfather to Teddy as Sirius was for him. Doesn't he say reckless? Reckless. Doesn't he say reckless? Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. reckless and ragged? Are they two different things? Well, it's a different word. I think they're pretty different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll be ragged. You, you be reckless. How about that, Jamie? That is a... That's fine. I'll I'll take that. Um, I think it's a nice comment. It's a good comment because he's obviously learned from Sirius. He thinks he's, he's a good person um, and he thinks he's acting well according to Sirius's wishes and he doesn't automatically accept authority. Like, Sirius doesn't either and it's, you know, helped Harry. Um, so I guess it is a good thing overall. I yeah, think. yeah, I agree. I think it was reckless in the sense of just kind of the easygoing way that Sirius was. Not reckless in the sense of not having responsibility. I no, mean, yeah, kind exactly. Of yeah. Yeah, make yeah. the difference. That's a fun yeah. thought. It is a fun thought to see Harry behaving. Well, he ends up raising him, so doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, I thought he did. <laughs> right. Well. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. We, Tonks is... Right. We can't so, not know this. <laughs> okay, Andrew, let's 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 move on. We're, we're getting kind of long in this conversation, are, yeah. guys. Let's do it! Quote, 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 now, Jamie, isn't, Jamie, do you like the intro? Crap? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crap? I, I do love prefer it. a live rendition, but it's cool. Live is always better, though. No, it's not. It's 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 garage it band. It's it's awesome. Whatever. Mikey hated it too. No, it is anyway, good. the quote is: "It's not that it gets in the way, but I liked my nose a bit shorter. Try and do it the way you did last time." That's quote quiz this week. Oh, I know when that is. Don't spoil it for the people. I don't. Oh, oh, aren't we supposed to guess it? No, it would be no. a much more no, uh, productive and sense making. So it would be too. That would be far too, uh, you know, sense making. Jamie, it's just no. It's that, just that for people to play at home. Much. But if you want to guess, fine. People play at home, but they don't win anything. No, 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 no. It's okay. Well, can I? Sure, go for it. Okay. Well, it's Ron, but I can't remember. Is it in book six? No, 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 no. Quote no. is always. Quote <laughs> is what's, always in the next chapter. In the following chapter. Oh yeah. man, it's what? It's always in the following oh, okay. chapter. So. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm a bit yeah. rusty. So, a quote quiz is basically just who says it. That's that's the only. Oh, Ron. Is that correct, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump right into uh, everyone's favorite segment. Make the music connection. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie likes that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that was a perfect transition, Andrew, really. Oh, thank that you. That was awesome. Oh, thanks. All right, Michael, we'll start with you since you were bugging for this so much.
Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. Yep. Make the connection. What's the song called? Bad Medicine. Oh, um, Polyjuice Potion. It's <laughs> a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. When, um, when Wait, whose turn was it? Well, <laughs> it was Micah's. It was Micah's turn. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's okay. Well, Jamie got it for me. Well, so. That's good. Can I do this one? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say Polyjuice Potion when Hermione uh, used it and turned it into a cat. That was bad medicine. Or when, or when Lockhart tried to do the spell on Harry, and it broke his arm, got his arm out of the uh, of his uh, sorry, broke his bones and took them out of his arm. That was also bad medicine. Yeah, like Skelligro. So yeah, Lockhart's Skelligro. love was like bad medicine <laughs> to Harry. Is well, no, his spell making, um, kind of. Yeah, Those are the lyrics. Oh, oh, he's supposed to. Do- sorry, oh, the lyrics. Well, again, no, you can. Again, I'm it says your love is like yeah. bad medicine. <laughs> That's what the weird. Well, I guess it was of. really. But honestly, but, um, the thing with make the music connection is you can just think of a scene for it to go behind, or you know, whatever. Okay. It's really, it's really open. I think. Yeah. Oh, that's why I kind of like having. No, that's cool. Okay, well, we're picking some stuff out of my library um, because we didn't have time to prep some music. So, so, uh, so it's going to be a Queen song. Well, no, or a U two. Oh uh, boy, <laughs> <laughs> or a Bruce Springsteen. Who's- <laughs> Who's this for? No, no. Um, just says that, this Matt. is for um, uh, Eric. Desire by you too, Eric Skull. Ah, uh, this is this is totally. To- I'll tell you exactly when this is. It's Ron when he accidentally eats these sweets that are uh, Ramilda Vane's uh, love potion. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. It's yes. very good. <laughs> he is flipping out. Desire. It's very yeah. good. He is flipping out, and he's like, Harry, I love her. And Harry's like, what? And he's like, Romilda, <laughs> And he does a strip tease And then for it her. all ends in a bad poisonous Bezor fight. Or, or or he ends up poisoned or something. So it's a really messed up sort of guitar riff there. And uh, that fits uh, that fits Ron. What? Who does that song, by the way? You too. And it's called Desire? Me too. You too. Yeah. Sweet. Got to download that. I mean, buy it. Legally. Uh, Matt, this is your Make the Music Connection. Oh, what a line. Leave it on, Andrew. Leave it on. Leave pretty it on. Women. Uh, oh, pretty women. Pretty women. Okay, I got this. I got this one. All right. Ready? Go for it. Yeah. Ba-ba. Oh, right, stop well, wasting time, man. Okay. Trying to get yourself to think of something. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. 
It's um when Snape and Dumbledore talk about how much Snape <laughs> loved Lily. <laughs> Aww, good. pretty women. Hmm. So fitting because that was actually Alan Rickman for you. Extra those points you for that. No, Alan Rickman. He was singing. Pretty women. Pretty women. Da, 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 da. I love when they go in harmony. Johnny Depp and now Rickman go in harmony. And oh, he gets so, so close oh, to slitting God. his throat, but he doesn't. That is a superb. At the very last minute, that well depends on which part of the well which part of the song. I mean, they do sing it when yeah. he kills him. Benjamin Barker. <laughs> it's Benjamin Barker. Such a good, good movie. Oh, it is so good. It's not even funny. <laughs> All right, Mikey, you ready? Yep. All right, here is your Make the Music Connection. Oh, what a song, Andrew. All right, come on, Mikey. You got the Stairway to Heaven, the, the greatest song of all time. Where can this fit in a Potter movie? Or a, a scene? The, sorry. <laughs> uh. I could actually see this playing during the, the final battle scene. Me too! Yeah, that's good, yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, Final battle scene. That's that's probably yeah okay. where I could see it playing. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking. Oh, that would be so cool. What about God? Why can't WB secure the rights to that? <laughs> <laughs> In a Potter song? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the perfect song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. Sure yeah. They <laughs> I would be like bouncing up and down my seat. I'd be like, kick some ass. That, uh, okay, I well, would, I would <laughs> slap you if you do that. That was something. All right, it's been a long show. We are going to wrap it up for today. We want we want to remind everyone about our contact information before we let you go. Michael, what's the PO box? People want to see it, send us some gold. PO box thirty one fifty one, coming Georgia three zero zero two eight. Good. You can also call the MuggleCast hotline and leave a voicemail question, which we will get back to soon. If you're in the United States, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. And if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double six eight. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast. Just remember to keep your question under sixty seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible. You can also email uh, us using the MuggleCast feedback form. Matt, that was my little impression of you. You can also email horrible. us using the MuggleCast feedback form on MuggleCast.com, or you can contact any one of us using our first names at staff.mugglenet.com. Uh, don't Do I really talk like this? Yeah. <laughs> Do I really sound like this? <laughs> don't forget, we also have a variety of community outlets if you want to uh, get more of MuggleCast. We have the MySpace, the Facebook, the YouTube, Frapper, Last.fm, and the fan listing forms. Explore them. Check them out on MuggleCast.com. That does it for this week's episode of MuggleCast. Apologies to J.K. Rowling, but we are out of time for this week. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I am Matthew Britton. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 141. Bye-bye. Well, I can think of a few drugs that can make you think you're flying. So. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's brilliant. Or maybe as they accuse Emerson of snorting flu powder on the wall of shame. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's going to make all the difference, Matthew. <laughs> hey, every okay. vote counts. Thanks for your sarcasm, too. No, that's... <laughs> that's that's a bad argument, Andrew, because everyone says it, but it's not true. Every cat vote does yes, not. Yes, but if I, no one feels, if everyone feels that up, way, it's then a there'd great be no way votes. to promote no, voting. That's, again, TV. Matt, that's such a bad it's argument. A that's such a bad is. argument. Uh, Jamie, Matt, are you that. saying that the American triumvirate stop, in democracy gonna... and capitalism doesn't work? Is that what you're saying? No, no. What I'm pinpointing is a problem with specific political voting systems uh. that that overcount certain demographics and certain types of people's votes so that one vote from a from a um, specific place does not make any difference. For example, I could vote for the Liberal Democrats here. It would make no difference whatsoever. They will not get into Your power. Your vote does Or count, if there's a Jamie. huge majority for one. Yeah, it, no, it does, Jamie. Matt. Stop being so no, optimistic. Stop being so pessimistic. Oh, okay. so optimistic guys, 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 I didn't say Florida. Did you say Florida? Did anybody say Florida? No, nobody said We're talking about Podcast guys, Alley, move on. Eric. Okay, let's move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, blooper, hold for break.